Welcome to Grad School, the Bruce Gradkowski Podcast. Upping your football knowledge. Class is now in session. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you like to listen to podcasts, and honestly, that's a great thing about podcasts. Put it on whenever you want, whenever you're available. This is Bruce Gradkowski, hashtag grad school. Welcome to my podcast. I'm excited to bring this to you. Uh, I'm a former 11-year NFL quarterback, just recently done and retired. Last year was my full season out of the league. So now I'm dabbling in this with you guys. I'm excited. I love watching and keeping up with everything going on. You know, I've played for great coaches in John Gruden. We see him coming back in the game. Mike Tomlin, what he's doing. Jay Gruden, Marvin Lewis, Paul Hackett, Mike Zimmer. Uh, Mike Zimmer and I, I was in the Bengals. I was at the Bengals when he was defensive coordinator. We'd argue him back and forth every day because I was a scout team quarterback going against his defense. I love that guy. I think he's doing a great job in Minnesota, and we'll touch on those things. Dick LeBeau, um, I played for, played behind and backed up future Hall of Fame quarterbacks in Ben Roethlisberger. I've gotten to be in those meeting rooms with him, uh, you know, from Trent Green to Mark Balger, Jeff Garcia. I was in Tampa Bay with Chris Sims when he ruptured his spleen. Some good buddies of mine. I mean, first-round busts and Jamarcus Russell. I've gotten to see it all. I played for, with greats as in Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Getting to see those guys behind the scenes. A.J. Green in Cincinnati. That guy is one heck of a talent. So now it's my turn to share my information that I've learned throughout my 11-year NFL career. All my knowledge, everything, my experience, and share with you guys. So thank you for tuning in. Today is brought to you by Social Gastro Pub in Toledo, Ohio, and Pilgrimage Hospice in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I thank the sponsors for for teaming up with me and having my back through this podcast. So I'm excited to bring this to you. Uh, It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of information. If you follow me on Twitter, at BGradkowski5, I'm starting to dive into highlighting these quarterbacks coming out in this combine, in this NFL draft this year. So it's exciting. So Check me out on Twitter, Instagram at bgrad05 and, and see what I got cooking there as far as quarterbacks for this year. But I have my main man, my stats guy, Ralph Del Sardo. He's going to rattle off some some key topics today. We're going to cover a lot going on around the NFL. And Ralph, uh, what do you have for us today? Bruce, let's get rolling with Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater expected to be free agents. Wow. See, and this this is what blows my mind, okay? NFL teams, the Vikings. The Vikings, you were just in the NFC Championship game. One game away from the Super Bowl, and you're not even bringing back that starting quarterback that got you there. You know, that's just hard for me to believe, and I feel so many times that these NFL teams are trying to reach and find something that they don't have. They always it's it's that thing. They they think the grass is always greener on the other side. Shoot, I was I was there at one point, but now they're going out. They're not going to franchise Case Keenum or bring back Teddy Bridgewater. Word is that they're going to go after Kirk Cousins. Look, I think Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. I think he would fit in that system well. I think he with that good defense. I mean, 
Shoot, if I was a free agent quarterback right now, I'd be begging the Vikings to just give me a contract. Don't even pay me. Just let me go be the quarterback of the Vikings because they have the makeup to be a Super Bowl contending team. Uh, I think Mike Zimmer, he's a defensive-minded head coach. So he's not going to rely on thinking he needs this franchise Hall of Fame quarterback. He thinks he can win with anybody, and I think that's why he's getting rid of Case Keenum. Um, he's not. He doesn't value Case Keenum at twenty million dollars a year. So now, do they go out to Kirk Cousins and overpay for this guy? Um, you know, Ralph, what's your thought on this subject? I think it's the trickiest situation in in sports because it'll it'll either get you fired or get you a Super Bowl. And uh, you know. I, I don't think Keenum's worth it, but how many quarterbacks in the league are worth what they get paid? Is Look it, at Jimmy Garoppolo. Man, set, you know, what, seven it, it, career starts? Yeah, and he's, what's his, 30-some, 30, 30 million? Um, it, it's tough, though, because it's hard to win without him, but Nick Foles just won one, so I think if you look at it's a tricky thing. Uh, I'm torn on it. I personally would want to have one of those guys back, Keenum or Bridgewater. Uh, I hate to start from scratch because if you lose out on Cousins, then what? See, where do you go from there? And that that's where I'm at. I mean, I think I, I would try to work a deal with Case Keenum. Give him a two-, three-year deal. You know, pay him some good money that he hasn't seen before. He's been a, a backup quarterback. Now he's had a chance to play a full season. But he's also in a position. This is the first time he's able to get paid. So my man better take advantage of it. So that's probably what's going on in his mind is he's not going to settle for just some mediocre deal to stay in Minnesota. He's going to go and try to get that top dollar that he can because, look, it only comes around once if you're lucky in the NFL. Some of these guys, you have to take advantage when you can. It's a business on a player aspect, and and that's what goes through. I'm just speaking what goes through players' minds is they're going to try to get everything they can because this is their time to hit it. But I'm like you, Ralph. I would like to see them keep one guy with them. Maybe it's Teddy Bridgewater. Look, I talked to Teddy Bridgewater at the Super Bowl. I love the fact he came back from that knee injury. I mean, we're sitting here thinking he might have lost his leg, and he came back from it, and now he's healthy. What a story. So I love giving him another opportunity there in Minnesota to actually show what he can do being healthy. So maybe you sign Teddy Bridgewater on a uh, on a lesser deal. You go after Kirk Cousins. This way, if you don't get Kirk Cousins, you have someone that's been familiar with the team because a lot of it is that camaraderie, and that's why I like Case Keenum. He has that locker room molded, and they have his back. So that, you know, winning isn't all about ability. Winning is about the team and who comes together, who gels the best. And we see it year in and year out. Look what the Eagles have done this year with Doug Peterson and Nick Foles and those guys. So it's been great to see. But this stuff gets crazy. But this is an exciting time of year. Yes, it is. And I'll tell you, it's exciting over in Kansas City, too, as the Chiefs trade Marcus Peters for a fourth-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year. What's going on in Kansas City? You know, Kansas City, that that is something else because we'll get to Marcus Peters, and then but Alex Smith, 
I mean, Alex Smith, I'm a fan of Alex Smith. He's been consistently good year in and year out. And it's once again the team looking and thinking the grass is always greener. So they go with the younger guy. Okay, he's a talented young kid, but he's a young kid. He's not developed yet. So what do they do? Trade out off Alex Smith, trade Marcus Peters. Now all of a sudden, if I'm in the locker room in Kansas City, I'm thinking, are we trying to win right now? Or are we building for the future? You know, Marcus Peters was a 2015 first rounder. He was the 18th overall pick. Despite being suspended midway through the final season at UW of Washington due to the respectful, you know, the repeated clashes with his coaching staff. Um, you know, lately it's it's been post-game interviews that he goes off on. He has on-field blow-ups. He's chucking penalty flags into the stands and then just walking off. So in Kansas City, maybe they're just fed up with all this stuff and they're just moving on, which which I would agree with. You know, I can't I don't I don't have time. I don't want to put up with attitudes like that. But he's a special player, man, and in Kansas City, they're they're making a lot of changes. And I don't think the, the the city is very happy with it. Yeah, that's a tough that's a tough deal there to sell. You better win some football games, is is what I would say. Would you uh, would you to, trade to make uh, the fans happy? Would you trade Marcus Peters? Is that a fair deal for Peters? Well, that's the thing. I don't think those are what they got back was you know comparable to the player he. And that's where I think Kansas City fans have the right to be upset. You see good teams trade good players. That's the NFL. But you, you would think that they would get something more back for a fourth or going into his fourth season, I believe, that uh, you know there would be a little more coming back uh, for it. But, you know, I guess it's just like the draft. I guess time will tell. Time will tell how this trade works out, but it's definitely a t- hard sell to the fan. Yeah, I think um, I think with with both the moves they've just made with Alex Smith and Marcus Peters, I mean, I just think that's sending a message to the locker room that it's kind of like, look, I mean, hey, Patrick Mahomes, the guys in the locker room see what he can do, and he is a special talent. You talk talk about arm strength and arm ability. He's almost like and Aaron Rodgers, and I, I hate comparing, but when you're comparing that kind of arm talent, there's not many guys in the NFL that have that kind of arm. I mean, I would, man, I would die for an arm like his or Aaron Rodgers, just to, just, just to feel what it like, what it comes feels like coming out of your, your hand. Um, I had to get my whole body in into every throw and be on time and anticipate. And as I got older in my career, I'm skipping balls, throwing out routes. So to be Marcus or uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, to feel what it feels like to, to throw the football. I mean, so he's a special talent. So I can see what Andy Reid's thinking. And Andy Reid's a guy that develops these young quarterbacks. Yes, he is. And, and Patrick Mahomes last year was at the NFL scouting combine, which starts this week. Bruce, I'm sure you have a lot to talk about from your experiences and what goes on at the, the combine. You know what, the combine, it's something else. It, you know, you go through, it's a week-long week process. You have a roommate. Listen to this. My roommate at the combine was Greg Jennings. He was a, a, another fellow Mac guy out of Western Michigan. 
him and I won uh, the Vern Smith Leadership Award our senior years for the best players in the MAC. So Greg Jennings and I were roommates at the combine. Really good dude. He's had a great career, you know. But that whole process, you you're going from meeting with coaches, general managers, scouts, to getting tested, bod pod testing, testing your body fat. I mean, er, you know everything. It's almost like a meat market. At one point, you're on a stage, you're in an auditorium, and you're looking at it, all the scouts and GMs standing there. You get on a scale, you get your height measured, and now all you're in is is boxers. I mean, and you're sitting there facing them. I mean, I was trying to flex, like flex my abs and biceps, you know. Then I then I turn around and and, and my back's facing them. I'm trying to like squeeze my scaps together, trying to look like. <laughs> Cause you're so you're so nervous. Like, what do these guys want to see? You know, I'm up here. Then I see Tom Brady's combine picture. I'm like, oh man, I know I look better than that. <laughs> so, uh, the combine is a um, it, it's a heck of a time mentally. You know, I'm gonna have Logan Woodside. He he's a, a Toledo the University of Toledo Rocket threw for ten thousand career yards. I'm gonna have him on the show later on. He's had a great career. He's going to the combine. He's going to give me some some thoughts of what he's aiming towards, what he's focused on going into the combine. I'm going to follow up with him after the combine's over, see how it went. And, you know, I remember, Ralph, that one of the biggest stories when I was at the combine, I'm sitting there getting ready to test my 40, and I'm staying loose. I put on, I think it was Mary J. Blige, one of my all-time favorite songs. <laughs> And I'm just jamming in my headphones. You know, who knows? I don't even think I had an iPod back then. It was hooked up to a little, I don't think it was a CD player. I think I think we were a little past that. But, you know, I'm sitting there getting loose. And I see John Gruden right in, right in the stands talking to Jay Cutler. And, I'm, you know, Jay Cutler came out the same year I did. And, and I'm getting all fired up. Yep. I'm like, let's go. Let's do this. You know, I'm, I'm just getting fired up to run this 40-yard dash. And I bust out of that thing, and I've run a four five nine and a four six one, and you know I, I handled everything I possibly could do at the combine. I felt like, and you know, but then to just you know to be a six round draft pick, you know it's tough, man. It, it's tough. There's so many great players coming out, all different skill sets. So you just really have to be on the mark, and and these quarterbacks that are going to throw all kinds of different routes there. Um, you know, and, and as a fan, Ralph, what would you think? What's most exciting about the the combine as a fan? I don't know. I think just trying to see. I like. I always like watching these guys interact, just on the field, because they don't show a ton. And I'm not someone that sits there and watches uh, coverage from start to finish of the combine. Uh, but I'm always a sucker for watching. Like I want to watch. Arnold and Rosen and Allen see kind of those guys interact and um, watch their interviews. That's probably the biggest thing I want to look for is how do they handle the media, the the questions that come their way, because that's a, you know, that's a huge part of, of quarterbacking is how you handle all the scrutiny and all the other stuff as I'm sure you can attest to. So that that's probably the biggest thing, how they handle these interviews. Well, and, and I remember one of my biggest interviews at the combine was big Andy Reid himself. He was with the Philadelphia Eagles at the time. This was my only team that interviewed me. So I'm sitting there in the meeting. Andy Reid's sitting behind a desk eating potato chips. 
and he he makes a comment to me about my coach at the University of Toledo. As he's crushing potato chips, he's trying to have me up on the board, drawing out a play for him and stuff. And I swear to you, I thought I was getting drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles come draft time. And it didn't work out that way. And it was I never even met with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they ended up drafting me in the sixth round. But it was funny just meeting with uh, Andy Reid. What, what a great coach. I always wished I had an opportunity to play for him. Our paths crossed just playing against each other. But uh, I, I'm a fan of Andy Reid. And, but sitting in that meeting, man, it was, I was so nervous because they, they have you up on the board. So they're going to have you draw up one of your plays that I remember from college. Hey, Bruce, draw us your favorite play. Describe your read, your progression, what your thoughts are going into this play. So I would draw that up. And then one of their coaches would try to teach you one of their plays. Then they keep talking to you. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Bruce, can you get on the board and draw that play up we just taught you? <clears throat> and I'm like, um, yeah, uh, let me get, let me get up here and just wing it. So so that's the cuff that, stuff that's stressful. And, and you're trying to give them every little piece of information that you think they want to hear. So it's tough. I can imagine how tough that is and, and the pressure there. But what about – Sam Darnold's not throwing. What's that do for him? I'm not surprised because Sam Darnold right now, I mean, he's almost the lock top pick for the Browns. So why go to the combine and all you can do is hurt your stock? Because I'll tell you what, watching film on Sam Darnold, I like the kid. I like his mentality. I had a chance to, to catch up with him at the Super Bowl. We talked for a while. We were actually at Lululemon trying on some of that nice gear. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of Lululemon. I get made fun of sometimes because my pants are too tight, but they're comfy. I'll tell you what, they're comfy. But So me and Sam Darnold, we're sitting in Lululemon talking. And, um, <clears throat> and, and, you know, I love his mentality. He's that kid that just loves football. He's a gym rat. He's going to put in the time. He played linebacker in high school. So he like that kind of stuff reminds me of myself. He's a tough kid. It's not always going to be pretty with Sam Darnold, but he's going to make plays. He's kind of he has some Brett Favre to him. He has some gunslinger mentality. He has you know some Ben Roethlisberger to like keep plays alive type. And I think that's what like the Cleveland Browns need. They need a guy like that. It's not going to be perfect. You need to make some plays, and that's what Sam Darnold will bring. Now, also at the combine, if I'm Sam Darnold. I don't know if I look the greatest thrown next to Josh Rosen or Josh Allen. I mean, these two guys, Josh Allen and Josh Rosen, they can really sling that rock. So if you're a scout and you're just impressed with size and arm strength and how pretty the ball looks coming out, how tight the spiral, Josh Rosen and Josh Allen, they're going to impress you. They're going to blow you away. Now, the thing with Josh Allen, as you'll see today, I'm going to shoot out on my Twitter page is I'm going to show some clips of him. And I'll tell you what, he, he sometimes he doesn't even if he's standing on the beach he doesn't even hit the ocean, you know. So you got you got to watch with that kid. So, but he's a, a he's a special talent. So with Sam Darnold not throwing at the combine, I think it's a good decision on his part. And I also like the fact that all the all these other guys are throwing, and that's what I wanted to talk to Logan Woodside later on today, as we'll get him on here soon, um, because. I'm going to be 
I'm anxious to hear how Logan Woodside comes out at a, uh, after the combine because he's a pretty smooth passer. He throws a good football. He has enough arm strength. He's accurate. And I think after this combine and after all these scouts get to see him next to other players, they're going to be more and more impressed. And the last thing, Bruce, uh, uh, maybe a, a rule change that Darnold and, and Logan Woodside and Rosen won't benefit from. They're looking at changing the defensive pass interference to a 15-yarder so it won't be a spot of the foul anymore. Uh, what do you think of that? Well, now if I'm a defensive back, if Antonio Brown gets by me, I'm just tackling. You know, why not just tackle him? You know, the worst case scenario is just a 15-yard penalty. So I think that's where this game's going to be. I mean, I think defenses, they need more and more um, help, I would say, to stop these high-powered offenses. But this is a league that fans want to see points scored. I mean, Ralph, you're a diehard Steelers fan. Do you want to see more good defensive play or do you want to see, you know, points in the end zone? What do you think about this pass interference? Everyone wants to see more points. Uh, it, it probably depends on if it goes in your favor or not. I, it's a tough one. I actually like this rule, um, you know, just in general because it's such a subjective call. You know, it's, there's times that it's, it's been way too – over officiated the pass interference they they don't let the guys compete enough so from that standpoint i think it it takes away some of those game change and calls that you're really putting in the officials hands and it, it probably puts the game back in the players control a little more from that standpoint but that's my perspective on it uh you as being in the huddle i'm sure this rule changes. How's that going to affect in the huddle and, and your approach to certain situations now that you're only getting 15 yards? Yeah, I think defensively, I think when it comes down to it and you're facing an Antonio Brown, um, I'm going to hold him. You know, if I'm now Marcus Peters playing for the LA Rams and Antonio Brown's going by me, I'm tackling him. <laughs> I'll take the 15 yards, Mike Tomlin. Um, won't be happy with it, but sometimes that's the only way to to stop AB. What about the first play call out of, you know, let's say there's 30 seconds left in the half. This is where I think it is. And you're like, all right, let's take a shot downfield. Steelers on, on against the Bengals this year benefited right before the half. They got like a 50-yard penalty off this play, and they got a field goal. They end up coming back and winning from a 17-point deficit that game might go differently now because of this. So as a Steelers fan, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy about this rule change now that I well, think about it. Well, and that and that's a great point you bring up because now th- those are hidden – that's hidden yardage, hidden stats that after the game, after the win and loss and talking about the big come-from-behind victory, Ben Roethlisberger put together a halftime drive. He put together right before the end of half. Now all of a sudden – you're like, well, shoot, he had a pass interference call that gained him 50 yards. I think that's huge. And quite frankly, you know, is it fair? I mean, make make these offenses now earn it. So maybe now we're looking at it to make these offenses earn it. You know, don't, don't just hand them a 50-yard penalty just from a pass interference. So, I mean, that's a great point you just bring up. And now we're going to switch gears a little bit. I know we were talking about the combine. Uh, we have Logan Woodside. I'm gonna. I, I was. I had a chance to catch up with the other day at Social Gastro Pub. 
Uh, Lance Moore and I, we owned the restaurant. It was it was a great time. Great chat with Logan Woodside. He is the all-time leading passer at University of Toledo through for over 10,000 yards, over 90 touchdowns. He was the MAC player of the year this year. They won the MAC championship. He's had a heck of a career. And now it's time for the next level. And I want to bring in my main man, Logan Woodside. Now we have my main man from Toledo, Logan Woodside, crushed all my records at Toledo. I don't, I don't, I don't have any records left. I don't think. I mean, the only record I might have is a locker room record or something. But you know, I'd really have to search for one because my man, main man, has broken them all. He's getting ready for the combine this week. Logan Woodside, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, big dog. Hey, man, I, I wish you nothing but the best this week. Uh, but we all wonder, so what What have you been doing uh, since the season wrapped up? I mean, you finished with over 10,000 career yards in college, 93 touchdown passes. I mean, you've shattered all my, my school records. I mean, you've shattered a lot of NCAA records. So congratulations to you on that. But at, once, that's, once your college career came to an end, what was the next step? Yeah, man. So, you know, I had a good, you know, I had the great privilege to have a great career at Toledo and after the bowl game, man, you know, it was a tough loss for us. And, you know, I went home for a week, uh, spent some time with my family, and then, you know, ended up signing with an agent and flew down. I've been training down here in uh, Pensacola, Florida at Exos. So I've been here the last two months, and it's been a great experience for me. Yeah, that's great. I mean, how's the focus been? So you're, you're down there in Florida. I mean, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Is it just all football now? Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, I mean, throughout the day, you know, you wake up, you go eat breakfast, you know, they have everything at the facility, which is which is really nice. One of the reasons that I came down here, and, you know, we have a workout in the morning, a movement session, and then we'll lift. And then, you know, throughout the day, I'm working with my quarterback coach, whether that's in the classroom or, or on the field. And, and then again in the afternoon, we go to another movement session and have another lift. So it's like four days, man, five days or six days a week down here. And, you know, it's all football for sure. And, and I know you're singularly focused on the task at hand, and you've taken that approach throughout the season, but now going into the draft. And I know first was the All-Star game. Mike Marks was your head coach. I saw him say a lot of good things about you, which was really cool. What was the transition like playing in your first All-Star game, getting a feel of an NFL offense? Yeah, it was, you know, it was a great experience. You know, it was, it was a little challenging at first, you know, just – just getting in there, you only got a couple of days to learn, you know, X amount of plays and, and a certain you know system. We worked out a number system out there, and you know it's just great to be around all those guys. And, and Coach John Kitna was my QB coach, somebody I played in the NFL for 16 years, and you know going under center every snap. I mean, it was it was challenging, but then again, it was it was great to do something different and get used to the, how the NFL game's going to be. Yeah, how was that like huddling up? I know Toledo, you were no huddle offense, getting the plays from the uh-huh. sideline. Now you huddle up in an all-star game, and you got have guys looking at you to call the play. Play was that was that a transition, and how did that work? No, I don't think so. You know, I really enjoyed that. You know, something I wish that we would have done more at Toledo, but you know, I like getting in the huddle, man, and, and rallying the guys around me, and you know, that really just shows your leadership and and that you gotta you know right the ship and and get everybody lined up and, and get the call in and, and make a play. That's one thing. You know, when I played, I played in the East West Shrine game. And, that, and when I went, I got drafted by Tampa Bay. And when John Gruden drafted me, I remember in rookie minicamp, that was the one thing I loved the most. I was like, man, 
I love being in the huddle. I love having to, like, get down, call the play, break the huddle, come to the line of scrimmage, and now you actually feel like you're in charge, like you're that main quarterback. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, you see it every Sunday. You know, I'm huddling up and, and making making calls at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, it's totally different from the college game. But, you know, you feel like you're the man out there. you got to make all the calls, make sure everybody's lined up right, and go out and execute. Yeah, I know. That, that, that's pretty cool. Now, do you remember a play call from the All-Star game? I mean, how much different was Mike Martz's offense? I mean, he coached Kurt Warner, Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, multiple-time yeah. uh, NFL MVP. I mean, he was able to coach him, and now he brings that to uh, the All-Star game. Uh, do you remember a play? Yeah, I mean, one, one play, I mean, we had a bunch of different plays, but a, a play that I remember off the top of my head would be Jack Wright, quick ace right, 322 at flat. Um, you know, just the verbiage and, and going off a number system, something that we didn't do in college was was uh, was different. But, uh, you know, once I got the hang of it, man, it, it was just like playing ball again and, and just getting those long play calls, you know, in the huddle and saying them correctly and, and getting to the line of scrimmage and execute them. I had a great time doing it. Yeah, that's cool. I remember in, in John Gruden's offense, I'd stay up uh, till 2, 3 in the morning trying to remember Indy right 10, X short, fake 96, power king, naked left, X slide. <laughs> so it, yeah. it, 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 it's a whole new language. And as a quarterback, I have a lot of respect for what you're going through right now and preparing for. What has been the one thing or a few things that you've been working on getting ready leading up to the combine you leave what tomorrow yeah I leave tomorrow <clears throat> you know really i've been down here with my david morris so what we're doing man we got a we got a you know a whole playbook you know stuff from different nfl offenses and we've been going up on the board we usually have a play of the day and we do a lot of recalls so at the combine you know during those interviews you're gonna they're gonna give you a couple plays on the board erase them talk to you talk about your family and that type of thing and then at the end get back up there and see what you remember so it's 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 really just locking in in those meetings and focusing on those plays and then as far as on the field you know i've been working um you know continue to try to get my arms stronger and going from under center whether that's a three-step five-step or seven step and just getting comfortable with that and some of the routes they're going to have me throwing at the combine and i'm feeling really comfortable with that and looking forward to going out there yeah, that's cool. How are you feeling under center? I mean, is that, that a transition in itself? I mean, getting the snap, taking the footwork. I know you and I have talked throughout the season, uh, not to focus too much on that, to, to take care of business in college, but now you can focus on that. Is that different being under center? I mean, it is a little different, but then again, I enjoy that. You know, it's something that, you know, as a quarterback in the NFL, you got to go under center. you got to take a three, five, and seven, and I think I like the rhythm, uh, the timing that the route set up, you know, off the different drops, and I think that makes it unique. And, you know, I'm, I'm really comfortable under center. I like it. I think my footwork's really improved under center, and I'm looking forward to showcasing that to the scouts this week in Indy. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I, I, I'm excited for you. Uh, going into the combine, I remember a full week. I mean, you're, you're just mentally on it all week. I mean, from bod pod tests where they test your body fat, to walking in front of and getting your height and weight done, standing in front of an audi- auditorium full of coaches and scouts in your underwear, facing forward, sideways, yeah. back. Just make sure you try to flex those back muscles, you know, when you're facing <laughs> facing back. But um, <laughs> all right, I'll I'll, I'll take that. I'll now, see what I can do. Now, what about what about the Wonderleg test? Have you been studying for that? 
<clears throat> yeah, so they've had uh, here at Exos, they've had actually a professional guy come in, actually from Tampa Bay. Uh, they're a sports psychologist, and and he talked talked our way through it. We took a practice test, and then you know we had a couple sessions on how to review it. What's what's the best way to go about that test? And you know I'm ready for it. You know it's just another thing that you got to check off the list. You got to be prepared for it to go do. Yeah, no question about it. I remember going through that. It's like studying for an ACT. Uh, or SAT yeah. test you know it's it's another testing process but these NFL teams you'll go through a lot this week but I know you'll handle it I know my one thing I remember from the combine I was getting ready to run my 40 and I was getting loose and I told you the other day I had my my favorite song on get me all fired up jacked up and I look in the stands and John Gruden's sitting there talking to Jay Cutler and I'm like you know what watch me run you better watch this yeah. you know like I get all fired up and I, that's one thing I just say to you, do what you have to do to be prepared and get ready, but only focus on what you can control because there's a lot of different elements that go into getting drafted or trying to make a team. All you can worry about is controlling what you can control. You've had a terrific college career, shattered all kinds of records, uh, not only at Toledo but college. Uh, so you're, you're a good quarterback. You can play at the next level. You have all the tools. So go in there with that kind of confidence and uh, I look forward to talking to you after the combine to see how it all went. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. You know, I'm just going to take it one day at a time, one play at a time, whatever it is, and, and go up there and enjoy the process for sure because it only happens once. That's it, my man. And keep me posted. Any, any NFL teams you know you're meeting with out there yet? And, and have you met with any no. at the All-Star game? <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, at the All-Star game, I met with a bunch of scouts, probably all 32 teams. And, you know, when I get up there tomorrow uh, – They'll have a schedule for me, and that'll that'll tell me what teams I'm meeting with. So, you know, I'm excited to get up there and show my personality and to just get around those guys and show them that I love football and this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's it, my man. Hey, that's what they want to hear because you're a gym rat. They'll love that about you, and you just go sling it because I know you'll sling it just as well as any of them there. Uh, but like I said, just just worry about what you could control, and you know we're pulling for you back here and. Um, let's keep in touch, but hit me up when, when you get back from the combine. I'd love to hear how it went. Yeah, man, I will for sure. I appreciate you, man. All right, my man. Good luck. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's a very exciting time in his life. This point in your career, you have one shot, one shot at this to try to make an NFL team, to get drafted. So going through this with the all-star game, the combine, a lot is riding on these meetings, these workouts. So it's a stressful time for all these young college athlete football players, and but it's exciting. So we're going to keep up with all of it. We'll, we'll check back in with Logan Woodside. We'll check in with other top prospects. I'm going to have Chris Sims and Greg Cosell on the show uh, soon after the Combine. And I, lastly, I want to finish with, I want to touch on the Blake Bortles contract. I think um, I'm not surprised at what they did. Nathaniel Hackett, offense coordinator, his dad, Paul Hackett, was my quarterback coach in Tampa Bay and Oakland. And I think those guys, they value leadership. They value tough guys. I know Tom Coughlin does with Eli Manning in, in New York, what he built there, the Super Bowl runs they had. So they appreciate leadership. They appreciate toughness. And they're giving Bortles a shot. I mean, the guy took them to the AFC Championship game. I like that move by the Jaguars. Stay in-house, stay with your own guys, and build from within. 
I think they're doing a fantastic job, a good young quarterback. His stats are very comparable his first five years in the league to Eli Manning. So a lot to compare there, but good decision, I feel like, with for the Jaguars. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what's next. But a lot of quarterback shuffling here coming up. We will continue to touch on that. Like I said, I'll have Greg Cosell and Chris Sims coming on with me next time after the Combine. Look forward to you guys checking back in. Follow me on Twitter with any questions, any topics you want to discuss or hear about. And until next time, you guys have a good one.